0: Hey guys, before we get started, uh, like I always promise, how about we read some solid five-star reviews about the podcast you're about to listen to right now. You know that's how it works, and if you don't, if this is your first time, this is what I do. If you leave me a five-star review on iTunes and a comment, I will read it in the opening right now. That's what I'll do. first one uh, comes from J. Scott Lewis, February 18th, 2020. All cat owners go to heaven? Five stars. Zoltan's podcast is the best. He carries his comedic ability into his real-life situations. I love when he talks about sports. It's not all the time, but it's fun to hear a comic's opinion on the sports world. And although I hate cats, wow, okay, he makes me want to own one like Jessica, or give bestowed a special-needs cat, as is the only way you get one. I love that he promotes his shows and recaps his weekends. It's nice to hear about the ups and downs of traveling into different cities and venues. I look forward to this podcast every week. Week in quotes, because sometimes I miss. Uh, I'd love to have them come to Fredericksburg or Richmond, Virginia sometime, though. Uh, I I hope to make it out there. Um, Did I read this one from last week? Yeah, I did. All right, good. I think we're all caught up on the new reviews. I believe, I believe, I believe. If I didn't, uh, Flower Gal from February 14th. Yeah, for sure I read this one. Yeah, all right, cool. Leave a five-star review and a comment. I'll read it in this opening buffer. How about we do upcoming shows like I was told that I do because I let you know where I am. This weekend, I'm in one of my favorite cities in the country, Seattle, Washington. I'm there this Friday and Saturday at Laughs Comedy Club in the U District. I don't know why I had to think of that last word. Anyway, there's four shows over two nights. Uh, go get your tickets. I always have a fun time there. Watch me work on this new, uh... this new hour. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. It's gonna go well, but um, I'm you know, I'm anxious. Anytime you're working on the new, you know, you're like, okay, this is working here. Let's see how it works here. You're doing product testing, placement testing, market research, whatever you want to call it. I'm doing that. So I'm in Seattle this weekend. And then next Wednesday, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Wednesday, March 3rd in Cleveland at Hilarity's Comedy Club. Followed up by that Sunday, I am in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Helium Comedy Club, Sunday, March 8th. Also, February, uh, March 4th, the Thursday after Cleveland, I'm in Indianapolis at Butler University. I believe that show is open to the public. I wish I had a link to get tickets. Uh, I guess I could go and send an email and figure that out, which, in fact, I should. I think it's open to the public because, boy, are they paying me a pretty penny. I'm sure they'd like the public's money to recoup their loss. I mean, not their losses, their their very nice payday to the Z-Man. Yeah, they should let people in. They should. Um, What other shows are there? I have shows in April. Uh, March, I have Modesto coming up. I'm flying to Nashville, but I wasn't able to put on a show. I'm just going there to do a late night spot on Governor Mike Huckabee's late night talk show on a Christian network. Yeah, you heard all those words in the correct order. I'm definitely going to talk about that after I do it. Uh, It should be a great time. Um, What else? What else? What else? Salt Lake City, Eugene, Oregon, Oklahoma City. Uh, and more dates to come. If you need uh, if you need a list of them, let's say on a website, let's say on the World Wide Web, um, I suggest going to zoltancomedy.com. And if you don't like checking websites, why don't you follow me on all the social media? It's all at Zoltan Comedy. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, I post about my shows on there. Even on YouTube, you can follow me on YouTube and subscribe to my channel. Okay, is that enough self-promotion? Good, because I'm getting, I'm getting sick of talking about me. And how about we transfer to me just talking by myself? How about we do that? Huh? Huh? Alright. Hit the music.
1: This week is
0: time. And here we are. Episode 281 coming at you hot. Coming at you live. Coming at you fresh. This, uh, what day is it? It's Tuesday. That's what day it is. It's February 25th. I'm coming at you from the bunker, from the studio, from San Diego. That's where I'm coming at you from. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's actually a little hot. Uh, You need short sleeve t-shirts to be outside. Maybe a little SPF 25. Nothing crazy. You don't have to get 50. Skin cancer is made up by the government. Okay. That's how we're starting the show. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I just hit play, and I go, and I move, and I do it. And we're doing it now. Um, I, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode with the interview. I know the audio wasn't top-notch, uh, other than the opening buffer where I, <laughs> I talk into it by myself. But I'll get better at that. I'll get better at that. Thank you for the, uh, my buddy Jonathan said I was a good interview interviewer. Interviewee? Interviewer. Which I appreciate, because uh, I don't normally do it, but he said I did a good job, and I'm going to take his word for it. I'm not going to look for negative comments. If you think I didn't do a good job, why don't you keep that to your damn self, alright? I don't need your negativity. Everyone assumes that, like, if you do comedy, you have this, like, thick skin, and... First of all, you're judging a, a large group of people, and that's frowned upon, okay? Okay? Isn't that like one of the most frowned upon things? Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't generalize. Don't take a group of people and go, well, everyone in this group does this. No, you're bordering on racism. You better all hope they don't all look the same or you're going to get fired from your bank job. What? I don't know how we got there. Anyway. uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, they, they, uh, they like to say, oh, comedians must have thick skin. I've never had thick skin. I've always been... A sensitive boy, alright? And that sensitive boy has grown into a sensitive man. And honestly, I think that's the only reason I'm any good at comedy. Is because I'm sensitive to my surroundings and my feelings get hurt. And I can be annoyed or angered easily. I think that's why I can take in the world through my sensitive pores. And then have it filter out of me like a comedic Mr. Coffee or... Uh, If you want to be more modern about a Keurig machine into something that some people find humorous. What was the point of all that? The point of all that is if you ever have a criticism of me, keep it to your damn self. Even if you're like, hey, it's constructive. Oh yeah? Well then construct it in a way to keep it to yourself. I take zero criticism. (laughs) I know this isn't healthy, by the way. This is a 32-year-old man talking here. I don't do it. I don't do criticism. I don't react well to it. Even if it's constructive. Like, I'll smile and nod at you, but I'm seething on the inside. Anyone else like that? I know you can't answer. You can answer to yourself. You know? Anyone else like that? Just sitting in your cubicle or sitting at your office or... Wherever you listen to this, maybe you're driving to work. Maybe you're driving home from work. Are you one of those people? At the office, someone goes, actually... You're putting the dates on these reports in the wrong corner. We need them on the left-hand corner because Susie at the front desk is left-handed. And we understand you're ambidextrous, so you might not understand this, but if you could start putting the dates in the left corner because as she thumbs through, yes, she's the one that licks her thumb before thumbing through paperwork to make sure we all get coronavirus. If you could just make sure to put that date in the bottom left-hand corner, that that would just... Do you want to stab that person in the eye? I want to stab him in the eye, and I just created him in my own, uh, fantastical mind. Don't give me any (laughs) nick. I don't know what the point of all that was. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you for listening to last week's episode. This week we're back to normal. This week is this. This week is me rambling into a microphone all by my lonesome, uh, in my little studio apartment in San Diego. It was a fun week. Um... I wrote down that I wanted to talk more about the show in Miami, but I think I said everything I needed to say about the show in Miami last week. It was a wonderful setup. The Villain Theater is very hospitable. It's a great venue for live comedy. They mainly do improv, but they do a lot of stand-up shows as well. So for all the people that came out to the show that night, keep supporting the venue. Go back there, watch an improv show, watch one of the other stand-ups coming through. And the next time I come through Miami, I'll, I'll be sure to put my show on once again at the Villain Theater. I had a lot of people say you got to do something in Fort Lauderdale, which is right there. It's like, it's not, like I've flown into, because I, when I go to Florida, I stay in Fort Lauderdale. Like I stayed in Fort Lauderdale all the last week. And it's not that far. It was a 30 minute Uber ride. Actually, the... Ride home took an hour because we had the oldest man on the planet driving us, and he deci- he told us there was some kind of construction on the freeway, so we had to take surface streets, and this guy did five under the speed limit. You know, he could have used some constructive criticism. I think that's what I would say. But anyway, there's like the uh, tale of two cities between Miami and Fort Lauderdale because they're really close. I've flown into the Miami airport and I've Ubered to Fort Lauderdale and it's not that, I don't know, like just come down to Miami or maybe next time I got to do a show in Miami and then go do a show, show in Fort Lauderdale. You know what the weird part is? There was a lovely couple from Jacksonville, Florida that drove all the way from Jacksonville, Florida to Miami to come to the show and that's like five hours So, you gotta understand from my standpoint, if you're complaining, or if you're like, hey, it would be great if you did a show in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm doing a show in Miami, which is 40 minutes away, or maybe an hour away, depending on what part of Fort Lauderdale you live in, and then there's a couple that drove from Jacksonville to come to the show, I hate to say it, but your your constructive criticism is falling on deaf ears. That might be the... Title of this episode. I'm going to write this down. Constructive Criticism. Oh, did I spell that wrong? Thank God for computers. Um, but yeah, next time maybe that's what I'll do. Because I had quite a few people go... I would have came to the show if it was in Fort Lauderdale. But I'm not driving to Miami. I'm not going to Miami. My, someone called Miami a cesspool. Which... Uh, someone asked me what a cesspool was, and I don't even know. I don't really know the definition of cesspool. I know it's not good. I know it's not, like, a comment you leave in a five-star Yelp review. Like, if you had an amazing time at a restaurant, I don't think you'd use the word cesspool to describe how great it was. I don't know what a cesspool is. I'm thinking, like... You ever have that where, like, certain words that you don't know the definition of, but you have a picture in your head of what you're pretty sure it means? That's me in the word cesspool, like I don't know the exact definition, but when I hear it, I think of an above-ground uh, uh, spa, like a jacuzzi, not one that's in the ground, one of those plastic ones that like retirees buy and they put it on their front porch, and it makes no sense with the, for the feng shui of their apartment or like their dwelling. That's what I think is cesspool. I think of two retirees butt naked in an above-ground jacuzzi. I'm pretty sure that's what cesspool means. If I had to guess, if I was on Jeopardy, I wouldn't gamble all the money, but I'd write down some. Solid $250 gamble that cesspool means an above-ground jacuzzi in which retirees are naked in it with some wine-stained teeth. That's what I'm going to guess. Um... So anyway, uh, next time I come through, I'll try to do a show in Miami, which, for the record, I don't believe is a a cesspool. I don't believe Miami is an above-ground jacuzzi with retirees naked with liver spots and wine-stained teeth. That's not what I think of Miami. I had a good time. I'd gladly come back to Miami, and then I'll do a show in Fort Lauderdale for all you picky Nellies out there. How about that? How about we do that? Um... Let's see. I, I got a whole list of things I want to talk about, but it's all out of order. I flew back from my uh, from Fort Lauderdale last Friday. We did our jazz show. That's what it was. We did our jazz show in San Diego on the second 22nd of February this past Saturday. Packed it out. Sold out. Excellent event. It went wonderfully. Brian Simpson destroyed. Hannah Einbinder had an excellent set. Louis Santani. Cint- Uh, had a great set and then sang because he's also a a jazz singer. It was a great, I don't know, it was a really good show. I had a good set in the beginning. I hosted brought up all the good, talented people. Uh, The next show we do with the jazz and comedy, we're going to look for a bigger venue because this one only seats 75. Um, It was a good test venue. That's what it was because I didn't know if anyone would want to come to it. I had this idea for mixing jazz and stand-up last summer. And it was cool because it was one of like the things that I thought of that we actually were able to make happen. Which, I, I don't know about you guys, maybe all of you accomplish every goal or every idea you ever had, but I don't. You know? Usually I'll come up with an idea and then like I'll half work on it and then another idea comes up and then I'll half work on that and then uh, and then that's it. But no, this one I thought of and then we got the right people in order. Thankfully fate... Had me meet Louie, uh, who, uh, who's, who's in a jazz band here down the street from my house. And me and, and Bo Hufford uh, got to put all this together. So next venue, we're going to try to find like a 200-seater and see if we can't fill that out. We don't have a date yet, but it's definitely going to happen. And I'm excited about it. It's a fun project. Um, came back and did that. I saw a man at the airport eating M&Ms off of a uh, bare table. If you follow me on the social medias, you saw my Insta story or the picture I posted on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I was watching just an old man on his laptop on a big table with outlets at the Fort Lauderdale airport. And he bought a sack of M&Ms. And he busted open those M&Ms and he just kind of sprinkled them on the table. And just barehanding it like a savage. Just skin to table to M&M, to mouth, rinse and repeat about 22 times or however many M&Ms they put in that damn sack. Licked his fingers clean. And I just, I just remember turning and going, well, I can't believe we all don't have coronavirus. I get how it spreads now. People are disgusting. People are savage. People are ugh. Like how have we survived any diseases? It's amazing that the same, like there's members of our species that are coming up with vaccines. We've come up with vaccines to, uh, to, to polio and, and uh, syphilis. And, or I don't even know if that's true. But we've cured things, right? We have people in our society that are geniuses. That people came together to, to invent and, and create this computer that I'm working on. And this microphone I'm speaking into. And this cell phone uh, that I can't put down uh even even this pen that i'm holding someone invented this pen in our society in our in our species many i don't know how long pens have been around but some guy came around and was like i'm tired of dipping this quill in ink every time i'm trying to write let me just do this i invented ink i invented putting it in this stick here you go there's people like that that's our species that's our that's our people and there's people like that, and then there's people like this guy just barehanding dirty M&M's down his jowls. When he knows, he was probably reading an article about the coronavirus on his laptop while just gumming down, putting his fingers two knuckles deep into his pie hole, just wondering how the hell is all this spreading? How is all this coronavirus spreading
1: from sea to shining sea?
0: That's a horrible impression. And I'm not saying he sounded like that. But I like to think he did. I like to think he did. Anyway, disgusto. I also got to go to a concert last week. I'm going to another concert tonight. There's a, ooh, who are we going to play for the song of the week? That's a good question. Because originally I wanted to play an Alan Stone song, because that's who I got to see in concert in Fort Lauderdale last week. But tonight I'm seeing a band called Habibi here at the uh, at Soda Bar. It's a uh, it's a group that has like it's a weird mix of like surf rock and I don't know, kind of like Middle Eastern kind of twang kind of music. I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but it's good. I'm seeing that tonight. But I saw Alan Stone last week. He's an amazing uh, vocalist. Hell of a showman. Kind of looks like me. I appreciate that. He a, he's a lot taller than me. Uh, and I look less like a pedophile. At least I like to think. But he's an amazing singer. And he's a lot taller than me. Uh, his show was amazing. We um, couple things. We had, I, I, we had a rift. We had an issue... Because it's general admission tickets. Do you guys know how general admission tickets work? It means it's a free-for-all. It means there's no seats. It means you can stand anywhere. It means if you're in the front row, but you have to pee, you leave, good luck getting that spot back. That's what it means. So we went, and we were like, it's hard to even say there was rows, because we're just standing there, right? There's no rows, there's just... There's just, there. there is what there is. And we were standing there, and we were off to the side, and we're next to, like, the speaker. And the first band was all bass. Or at least they sounded like they were all bass, because I think we were next to the bass speaker. Like, the giant speaker that was hooked to the bass player, that was our buddy. We were rubbing shoulders with this bass speaker. And our molars were rattling. I'm having a great time. Um, but then we noticed a spot. That had opened up because someone went to go pee or go buy another white claw or go do a bump in the bank. Whatever they were doing, they left. Okay? The spot was open. We slide in. Now there's a girl going, um, excuse me. That's my friend's spot. She's coming back. And we both politely turned to her and went, that's not how general admission works. And I couldn't believe we were having this discussion about it, because I thought, I thought this was common knowledge. We're not in lying at the farmer's market for uh, organic goat cheese, alright? This is a musical event, by the way. And this is a mellow musical event. This is Alan Stone, alright? We're here to see Alan, he has songs about love, about unity, about being yourself, and Positivity. All of his songs are about positivity, and here we are, and I'm about to get into a fist fight. Not that I would ever punch a woman, uh, but I'm, I'm over here with a, in a disagreement over a stand. It's general admission. There's no first class. This is the Southwest of concerts. It's open seating. It's open seating. You got up to go pee. I'm taking your seat. I think that's even legal in Southwest Airlines. Like, what? You have no... I don't know. I don't know. I've been to so many concerts, and that was the first time that's ever come up. Oh, I'm standing here. This means I'm here. You act like I just cut you in line for the Star Wars ride at Disneyland. You don't have a fast pass. This is general admission. There's no line. There's the stage. It's wide. Ugh. So, I don't know. I always wanted to say something. You know, I'm like, a, I'm a, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I almost said something mean to this woman. This woman was missing a lot. Of, she had like a very small chin. And uh, this is what I do. Because when I came up in stand-up, I would perform at a lot of bars. A lot of bars with an audience that didn't know there was going to be a stand-up show. Okay, so put yourself in their shoes. They just got off work or something, or there's like a baseball game on that they want to watch at a bar, or they just wanted to catch up with a friend, or they just wanted to unwind. And then you're unwinding, and then out of nowhere they go, All right, comedy show. And then a bunch of amateur comedians go on stage and try to make you laugh in front of an audience that didn't know there was going to be a comedy show. So... What I'm trying to say by painting that picture, there's a lot of audience that didn't want to see us. A lot of audience members that hated us before we said hello. And when you perform in that environment, what I would do is before I went on stage, I would like scan the crowd and I'd be like, if that guy says anything, I'm going to make fun of his hat. If that guy says anything, I'm going to say his mustache is crooked. If that guy says anything, I'm going to say it looks like his wife dresses him. And I'll ask him what jar he keeps his, she keeps his testicles in, or whatever. You know? My point is, before I would go on stage, I would assume that everyone's gonna hate me and they're gonna attack me verbally, and I'm not gonna let them defeat me, so let me build up some ammunition to fire back at them, right? So I never lost that mindset. I don't really take that mindset to shows now. Because it's I'm not performing at bars where they don't know that there's going to be a show anymore i I got to graduate from that level to now performing sometimes at one thirty in the afternoon for very senior citizens with red hats. That'll make more sense if you listen to episode two seventy nine anyway so with that being said, we're at a bar bo- we're at a musical venue there's alcohol being sold. And the person I'm with is arguing with this girl who's like, Excuse me, my friend heowk. Alright, my friend meow and I hadn't said anything yet. But I was like, if this girl says anything to me, or see she says something out of line, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna reach into my pocket, give her twenty bucks, and then I'm gonna go, Hey, take this to the bar, see if you can buy yourself a chin thank you like that's what I was getting that was the line I was ready for because she didn't have much of a chin and I'm not one for making fun of people but she was disrespecting the person I was there with and you know I when and I didn't step in alright I didn't step in because it didn't get to that level but had it gotten to that level that's what I would have said and then uh, but it didn't get there because was two ladies arguing you let them work it out if it gets out of hand, then there. If a fight happens, then I got to, like, then, then I got to, like, grab the girl I'm with, spin her around, and then eat all the shots that this other girl's throwing to the back of my head now so we can run to safety. Am I allowed to hit back in those situations? You're not, right? Can't? Even if it's open hand? I would never close my hand and start throwing hurting bombs. I don't know if you know it. I take a boxing class. Devastation. Is they call me the Hungarian hammer there. I'm wearing the shirt right now. It's right on my back. I would never close fist. But a couple open-handed, palm like, kung fu palm strikes. You know, like, ha, ah, leave us alone. I'm going to start bringing pepper spray. Anyway, um, so that, that happened there. Other than that, the concert was great. I had this one note. There was an opening band. The very first band. It was just like a guy in a hat. You know how like people are wearing hats now? You know what I mean? Like regular like kind of like army rain like not ranger, like park ranger hats. He looked like he was a park ranger for a hipster park, you know? Where it wasn't really like a camping site. It was just a place to eat outside. That's what he was wearing. And he he put on a good show. The only part I didn't like, he did the classic rock and roll move where he's the singer and he's got like maybe like a four-piece band behind him. And what he did right before the last song is he went around and played the other band's instruments, which I've never liked. I'm cool, because sometimes a band will switch instruments, like the the guitarist and the drummer will switch, or something like that, you know, like, hey, let me play your trumpet, you hit this triangle, I get that. Hey, hit the keyboard, and I'm going to sing. I can't sing that good, but you play keyboard pretty crappy too, so it's a fun switch. I'm into that. The part I don't like is when the lead singer just goes around and plays the other band's instruments. It's like, why don't you just, why don't you just disrespect the man into the microphone? I mean, how disrespectful is that? Everyone's playing their talent. And you're up there, you're already the lead singer. You're already the Axl Rose of the situation. After the show, you get your pick of the Phillies in the audience. Well, the the bassist and the and the and the guitar player like they got to figure out, you know, they're gonna get the scraps, they're gonna get the the women that you're not interested in. You're gonna they're gonna have to occupy the the woman who the lead singer is with while you know they're waiting for their Uber ride home. They're gonna have to jump on grenades, is what I'm saying. And they're, they're being there for you. They're, they're for you. And how do you repay them? You disrespect them by prancing around on stage going, Oh, look, I can play the keyboard too. What's that, a guitar? Oh, I'm proficient in the guitar. Oh, bass? Those thick strings aren't going to hurt. They, these dainty fingers. Oh, what do you got, the drums? I got rhythm. How disrespectful. And one of the best things, he was going around doing this. And I could tell on the other band members' faces that they hated him for doing it. They hated him for doing it. And meanwhile, while the lead singer was doing it, he had this big, fake, goofy smile on his face. Kind of saying like, right? This is fun, everybody. Isn't it? No. No, it's not. You're already the focal point. How many spotlights do you need on you? The band's name was your name. I forgot the opening band's name, but it was just the guy's name. It wasn't like, it wasn't like this was Metallica, and hey, I'm James Hetfield, I'm Kirk Hammett, I'm Jason Newstead, or that's the old bassist, whatever, I'm Robert Trujillo, whatever. It was this guy's name, and then there wasn't even a name to the band. It wasn't even like, hey, this, my name's Jimmy Smith, and these are the Smithers, Nah, it was just, my name is this and this. Don't worry about them. This this is about me. I'm wearing this hat. I'm gonna sing. And just in, just when I think that the rest of the band might be getting more attention than they deserve, which is none. Because I didn't even name them. I'm gonna go around and play their instruments. Ugh, I hate that guy. And he's not the only one that... Uh, this has been happening for years. This is an epidemic in the musical uh, genre, in the music industry. But we should get rid of it. We should. We should get rid of it, absolutely. All right, so those, those two things happened. General admit, Alan Stone's amazing. By the way, the person I'm talking about that did this was definitely not Alan Stone. <laughs> he was great. And so was the guy that went on before him. This dude from England named Sam something. Sam with two M's. He was a black dude. Great, he had some great songs. Ah, damn it, uh, I don't I don't remember his name. I don't remember his last name. Um, what happened here? I wrote down some other stuff, but I think that's pretty much it. No, no, no. there's a couple other things. Deontay Wilder. Uh, the the review said that uh, they enjoy me talking about sports. Let's see if you do, because I don't know if you guys watch the big heavyweight boxing exposition. There was a fight. There was a fight on Saturday. I missed it because I was telling comedy and jokes and jazz music. But I watched it since then. I watched the highlights on YouTube. Um, Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder had never been beaten. He'd uh, won every fight he's ever fought via murder. And I and I know you're thinking, oh, that's a that's a bit excessive. Yeah, he was excessive. He has a right hand that I believe is just filled with dynamite. Every like. I, do yourself a favor and YouTube Deontay Wilder knockouts. And they'll show... I don't know how many knockouts he's had in his career. I think it's like in the 30s or 40s. And each one of them is more devastating than the last. Like one of his knockouts, he punched a guy in the forehead. Which a forehead punch isn't supposed to knock you out. Like the for those of you that don't know, like the punches that knock somebody out are around the jaw they rack your jaw and that racks your brain which knocks you out or like getting punched in the ear or like behind the ear that'll knock you out but usually getting blasted in the forehead nine uh, 99 times out of a hundred how about this 9999 times out of a thousand how about this uh (laughs) 999 times out of a hundred thousand that's not going to even give someone a concussion, let alone knock them unconscious. But I think in Deontay Wilder's fight before this one, he punched a dude in his forehead and the dude put him in a yoga pose. That's how hard he hit him. The dude fell and just did a yoga pose for the next 30 seconds until his brain finally rebooted. Okay, There's another guy he punched in the neck. He punched him in the lower jaw, neck area, and from the back angle, it looked like it snapped his neck. Like the whiplash the effect that happened. This De- Deontay Wilder has a right hand. That is TNT explosive dynamite. All right? Not that non-explosive dynamite that everyone keeps talking about. This isn't Acme dynamite where it blows up on the coyote and never hits his target. This is spot-on Dynamite, and he was. Uh, but the knock on him, which I found out later, was that he wasn't much of a boxer. He has he has powerful, powerful punches, but technique wise, he's not a great boxer. In fact, he's pretty crappy. And Tyson Fury, uh, definitely showed that. So he just pressed Deontay. He knocked him down three times, and I believe in the seventh round, uh, Deontay Wilder's corner threw in the towel. Um, so he lost the fight, it was his first loss, I think it was the first time he'd ever been knocked down, and he got knocked down three times. Uh, and the best part, actually I found out about yesterday or this morning, was Deontay Wilder is blaming his loss on his elaborate entrance costume. Do yourself a favor and Google Deontay Wilder's entrance costume or whatever. He wore. He looked like he was out of a Marvel movie. It was an. It was an excessive outfit. He looked like a superhero. He had a mask, and like a flak jacket with glittery, bedazzled, and Christmas lights and lasers coming out of it. And he wore. Apparently, this thing weighed forty pounds, and he wore it during his entrance. And it said it killed his legs, and that's why he got beat. He beat. It's such an outrageous excuse that it hasn't even been used in professional wrestling that's how outrageous it is you know a lot of time you know professional wrestling because it's entertainment should be the most outlandish form of physicality in the world with the most outlandish characters and the most outlandish uh uh excuses for losing a fight you know i was thinking about like when he blamed his loss on his outfit i was like rick flair never even did that Rick Flair was a 16-time heavyweight champion of the world in the pro wrestling game, which means he lost his belt 16 times. He didn't retire as a champ. So he won 16 times, but he also lost it 16 times. And out of those 16 heavyweight championship losses, he never ever blamed it on his bedazzled robe that he wore to the ring. Which those robes were high end. It wasn't fake costume jewelry on those luxurious robes. Those were. He said that those robes cost between ten and twenty thousand dollars to make in the '80s. So I don't know. Like put that in the inflation calculator. It's probably double. So he's probably wearing like fifty thousand dollar robes to go wrestle with real diamonds encrusted and head to toe and feathers and all sorts of stuff. And out of 16 heavyweight championship losses in the outlandish world of professional wrestling, he never used the excuse, my rope was too heavy. And here we are, Deontay Wilder, in the very real world of I'm punching you in the face boxing, is like, hey, my Avengers uh, costume really, uh, really sapped the energy in my legs. And I guess that's the route they're doing to get to fight number three. It's pretty impressive. <sighs> I think that's the episode for this week. There was a couple other things I wanted to say, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, we'll have a new episode for you guys next week. I'll let you know how Seattle goes. It's going to be good out there. If anyone has any good recommendations for boxing gyms in Seattle, send them my way. I'd like to get a workout in. I like going to different gyms. Hitting the bags. Trying to justify all the uh, all the touristy food I'm going to be eating. I know I'm going to go to the farm, the market down there, Pike Marketplace, get myself a halibut sandwich, see if that guy remembers me. They never do, but I remember them, and that's all that matters. How about we set up a song of the week? Let me get my speaker going. I'm not going to hit pause because this isn't that professional. And I think, what should we play? We should play some Alan Stone. All this talk about Alan Stone, we should play some Alan Stone, I believe. I believe that's what we should do. How should I do this? Let me, I'm going to set up this Bluetooth speaker on top of my fish oil supplements. <laughs> I just want you to know the level of professionalism that goes in this podcast is very low. I never want you to think I'm in a nice studio. I never want you to think that I'm actually implementing the music audio files into GarageBand. No, 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 I'm playing a Bluetooth speaker in front of the same microphone I just spoke into. Uh, (laughs) so let's play some Alan Stone. Let's see which song I really like. Uh, Consider Me, Sunny Days. Maybe Unaware. Maybe this is the song we'll play. Unaware by Alan Stone. You guys have a great week. And I'll talk at you next week. Come to Seattle. And send me some boxing gym recommendations. As this thing eventually plays. Eventually. How long is this opening? Oh, for the love of... You're going to embarrass me like that in front of my friends? Here we go. Take eight. Are you sure? Oh! You're killing me! All I'm getting is the rattle from my refrigerator. Well, this is ideal. How about we do it from... Uh, YouTube... Why is the speaker not working? Damn it! You know what? I'm not gonna end the recording. We're sticking with it. You can leave if you want. You can leave if you want. If you don't want to listen to this song, if you don't want to figure out why my phone's not connecting, to the speaker? We can figure that out later times. Are you sure you're connected? Let me try playing something else, because I bet you it won't work. I bet you it won't work. Okay, that's working. Cool. Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play? Thank you. Alan Stone, unaware. (laughs)
1: And she didn't leave In for the wish whole day We can't switch in-
0: That noise you heard about 30 seconds ago. I flipped my leg up uh, so I could sit cross-legged, and I kicked a frying pan. Studio apartment. Good, good, <laughs> good day, everybody. See you next week.